One more time, I believe. Everyone together now. And I, I believe. We believe him tonight. Everybody love the Lord this evening? Yeah. Greetings in the precious name of the Lord. It's certainly a privilege to be with you. We're uh, traveling through to Brother Bill's meetings uh, this Memorial Day. And uh, we come by to see family. And uh, Brother Tim preached a masterpiece on Sunday. And he'd come out and, and he tagged me and he said, how about Wednesday? And, you know, it's hard to say no to Brother Tim. <laughs> I said, certainly we'd be honored to do it. So that's how we end up here. Uh, but I just, we love you from the bottom of our hearts, and I can't even express the love that we have for you. And we're just uh, honored to be here with you this evening to worship the Lord. We're heading out in the morning to Brother Bill's. I am. My family will catch up. I think my mother-in-law will be coming to the meetings as well. So I do covet your prayers. And then Brother Tim and Timothy will be heading to Germany for their meetings. So let's, if you would, just pray for them, those uh, meetings that are coming up. So. How many would have a need this evening that they just would like the Lord to come by? The Lord is, never fails us. This is not a tradition or formality. But God will meet us where we believe Him, where we expect Him. And every hand that was lifted, God sees it. And it means something. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's just enter in to this Wednesday night and ask the Lord to do something for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the worship. Lord, I feel your, sp your spirit, and I, Lord, it is a beautiful atmosphere to step into. Knowing, Lord, that this is only a foretaste of, Lord, that city to come and that world to come, that perfect place that is calling us. I pray, Lord Jesus, as we're a hungry people and a needy people, Lord, in every hand and heart that was lifted and every prayer, Lord, that was lifted before you, I ask God that you'll meet that need. I pray, Father, that you'll just move among us in a special way, that you'll reveal yourself to us in an intimate way. And, God, that we'll leave here better than what we came, stronger than what we come, with a joy in our heart that you'll fulfill your word and you'll never fail us. Father, give us a greater confidence than we've ever had before. Lord, relight our fires. Rekindle the fire upon the altar. And I ask, Lord, you bless us. Remember, Brother Tim, Brother Timothy, and as they're on their way to meetings, I pray that you bless exceeding abundant and God I ask Father that you pour out your spirit this evening upon our hungry hearts we love you from the bottom of our hearts and we just ask Lord that you'll bless us now in thy divine presence in Jesus Christ's name amen amen thank you very much let's turn in our Bibles this evening we appreciate it you all let's turn to Zechariah chapter 4 and we'll start with verse 1 Zechariah Chapter 4. Appreciate the worship tonight. Praise the Lord. Everybody there? And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me 
as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. And he said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, and with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. And I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? And the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, and his hand shall also finish it. And and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. And they are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. Praise the Lord. I want to preach this evening on the day of small things. God bless you. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. Could you pull that up on the screen? Are you able to? Thank you, brother. Are we able to pull that up? Matthew eleven twenty-five. Jesus said, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, And has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, so it seemed good in thy sight. It was this scripture that Brother Branham uses to open. God revealed in simplicity which opened the series of the seven seals. And Brother Branham built the entire uh, seal series upon God hiding himself in simplicity and revealing himself in the same way. And he used this scripture that uh, he said it would be strange that the Lord would hide himself from one group and reveal himself to another. He said, and the wise miss it by a million miles. Praise the Lord. You won't hurt me at all if you just say, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's let's enter in if you can help me tonight. And 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 he said this, he said, I thought that we might study this before the great teaching of the seven seals. He said, now many miss him by the way that he reveals himself. We know that that the church is built upon revelation. He said, but the people miss him by the way that he reveals himself. He said, because men have their own ideas what God ought to do and how he ought to do it, And he said, and because they have maybe a preconceived idea in their mind or or unscriptural expectations, when he comes and reveals himself in a simple way, 
or in a different way or in an unusual way, it goes right over their head. And he said, notice, it is, it's the way it's always been, men looking for what God will do and what he did, but missing what he's doing. He said, the reason that they're missing what he's doing is because he is so simple in the present tense. Praise the Lord. And then he told about the, the, the infidel uh, that, that was up in the uh, Utica area that saw the little girl going from Sunday school. And he said, where are you going? She said, I'm, I'm, I believe I'm going home from Sunday school. And he said, you, honey, you're so wrong to believe that there was a God like that. And the girl under the inspiration of the Lord picked a flower and said, Mr. Dorsey, how did this get here? What makes this live? And it was there the Holy Spirit came upon Mr. Dorsey. And, and Brother Branham said at 86 years old, he was gloriously converted. He said, because man can go to the moon, but he does not understand how God can make a blade of grass. Hallelujah. And he said, it pleases God to hide his power and his glory in simple things. Hallelujah. He said, God is so great, but he makes himself so simple that we stumble over simplicity. Jesus was the stumbling stone and they stumbled over the simplicity of the Messiah. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, this is where I'm taking us just to get us a platform. He says here in God hiding himself in simplicity, he said, now you study it. Remember, he's going into the seals. He said, you study it when you go to your motel rooms and those things you ponder over it. We don't have time to break it down like it should be broke down. He said, but I want you to do it. Get to your hotel, wherever you're staring, gather together and study this. He said, we miss him by the way that he reveals himself and how he reveals himself to the least. He said, we can expect the unusual when we're dealing with God. If you know God, you know God works in mysterious ways. And if you're dealing with God, you know if God is going to do something, it will be unusual because God works in the unusual. Hallelujah. And this will always be God's principal theme because he said, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. What he was, he is, and always will be. And God will reveal himself to the simple in an unusual way, in a mysterious way, but a glorious way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just like Brother Tim was preaching on Abraham and Sarah, and he's typing it with the church and how Sarah just did not have strength to conceive seed. God comes to Abraham in a sovereign way in a glorious way because Abraham did not deserve it. And he said, I am going to make something great out of you. I'm going to make you a father of nations. I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you like a, like a son of God exalted in the earth. You would have thought if God was going to make a holy nation that he would have chose at least a young man or a young woman. You would have thought that he would have chose someone fertile. But God's choice was unusual. It was mysterious because he chose an old man and an old woman and one that was barren at that. Because God works in mysterious ways. 
But see, this is what makes God, this is what displays his grace and his glory. When he takes someone that can't and he he does something with them. Hallelujah. See, Abraham and Sarah were married and infertile, but God said, now I am making you a father of nations, not to make you something, but to make me something. It's not Abraham. It's God who made Abraham the father of many nations. And he said, I'm going to name you Abraham. I'm going to put my own name in your name. And he walked around just as barren as ever. I'm a father of nations. Doesn't God move in mysterious ways? Every day it gets darker and more impossible and more impossible but something on the inside of Abraham is growing more faith and higher faith and because it wasn't Abraham looking to his own ability he was looking to the ability of almighty God it is a greater miracle it is a greater miracle God's working something out of the life of the father Abraham And Abraham was a man of mistakes. He wasn't a perfect man. God put that in the Bible to let you know his children make mistakes. But God's grace is greater. Because it's what God is doing in your life that is great. And so Abraham makes a blunder and gets messed up with Amblick. Amblick says, oh, that's a beautiful woman. He said, you tell me, you tell him you're you're my sister. She said, I'm going to kill you when we get home. He said, just do what I say. You're going to get me killed. That man said, I have been looking all these years for a while. In all my kingdom, there ain't a woman as pretty as that girl. Man, you got a pretty sister. Man, we're going to be brother-in-laws. That night, he washed his, Brother Branham said he put on his, his sleeping cap and stuck his big feet up at the end of the bed, wiggling his toes. Think of it tomorrow. That that man's sister is going to be my wife. And the Spirit of the Lord came to him in a dream and said, you are as good as a dead man. He knew the Lord was angry in the dream. He said, Lord, that man told him that he was his sister. He said, he said I wouldn't have sinned against you. I'm a, I'm a man of integrity. God said, that's why I haven't destroyed you. But the Bible says, he said, if you do not... Give that man back his wife and have him pray for your sinful soul. I'll wipe out your whole nation. You know what God was doing? There was a word that placed upon the life of Abraham. And that word had to be fulfilled. And nothing would block that. Sarah must bring forth Isaac. In order to bring forth the genealogy of Christ, it was God defending his own word. Hallelujah. God closed up all the wombs. That's why Brother Branham said, oh, the sovereign grace of God. It wasn't Abraham. It was God's word he was defending. And he bound himself into Abraham. I think you'll be seeing something soon. Hallelujah. Isaac is born. And God placed a word over Isaac's life. Now, I'm talking about God is unusual. 
And, and he's, I mean, this is, as Brother Tim was saying on Sunday, this is the apple of his eye. I mean, he and Sarah watching this 12-year-old boy, look at him, look at, look at that boy. He, he excels better than anybody. You know how a daddy does. And the Spirit of the Lord came to Abraham and said, now, take him up to Moriah and sacrifice that boy. What a challenge. Now, he does not give him any answer. Lord, no. No, what will Sarah will kill me? Whoa, Lord. But he had learned to trust the voice. I want you to think about how must he, why would God do it? And so he goes three days journey and he tells the servants, he said, stay here while me and the boy go worship. And the Holy Spirit, Brother Branham said, the grace of God, it speaks out of Abraham and I and my son will come back. Why? Because he knew God placed a word upon Isaac and even if he did die, God would raise him up again. Because God had put a word upon the life of Isaac. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's ways are mysterious. Now we can see in clarity what God was doing. Looking back at it. It was a perfect type of Jesus Christ. But at the time you don't know what is happening. But it's perfectly orchestrated. God is in every detail. God is in every detail of your life. He absolutely is. Don't you think anything is an accident? It is when God becomes too common is when we lose our faith. It's when we go off the road is when the things of God become common, become a trend. Hallelujah. Brother Branham said God is in the unusual. He appears at unusual times. He said, but when we get into a trend, then we miss God. Hallelujah. So in order to serve God, we must serve him by faith. And Brother Branham described faith like swimming. If I went into the water and if my feet can touch, then I'd say, look at me, I'm swimming. No, you're not. You're still earthbound. But if you can plunge out into the deep, and you can't touch bottom, then you are swimming. And as long as you can see, taste, feel, smell, and hear, and you rest your experience upon an earthly thing, then your feet are still on the ground. But when you can plunge in by faith and begin to live by faith, then God has you swimming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what he said in Ezekiel. Water to the ankles, water to the knee, water, and then plunge in waters to swim in. That's the age we live in. It's an age of faith where we are swimming in the glory of God. By faith. The Bible said by faith. Moses, when he was born, they hid him for three months. Hallelujah. His parents, they knew he was a proper child. And Brother Branham said he was, when he was born, the parents knew divinely that he was an instrument of God. Now, this is amazing. Once again, God is moving in simplicity. So he is a son of Levi. 
Amram and Jochebed, a son and a daughter of Levi, they are slaves. And God is going to pick this slave out of the mud pit and out of him is going to come forth a deliverer and a perfect type of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So the boy is born and they know he is the one. In other words, God has tied his word of promise into Moses. And the Holy Spirit reveals to Jochebed, this is the man. Now, they don't know anything. And the Bible said that because she believed in faith, they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And when you believe, you are not afraid. Your fear will fall away. You know God will take care of his word. She's not afraid of the king's commandment. She is not intimidated by the witches that are looking to kill her baby. She's not intimidated by none of that. God will keep his word. God placed his word over him. They hid him for three months. And the Bible said they could hide him no further. And Brother Branham dramatized it in an incredible way. He said that... that, uh, Uh, his daddy was praying away, wakes up at three in the morning, tells Jochebed, he said, let's get down to the river. And he said that that God had given Amram the divine instructions of the ark. And she built the ark accordingly. And at night at three in the morning, and he says this, he gathered Aaron and Miriam and they all secretly go down to the river. And he describes how Miriam is like, Daddy, you're not going to get rid of our baby brother. Uh, Daddy, he said, now you've got to be soldiers now. And he tells, he said, nurse the baby. She nurses the baby. And then he said, now put him in the ark. And it looks like a little coffin. And Jochebed is weeping. The children are crying and it's ripping her heart out. They don't understand this. God moves in mysterious ways, but they trust that God's word is in this child. Aaron and Miriam, they kiss him and Amram tells them to be of courage. This is so unusual. Now something amazing takes place. All of a sudden, God anoints Jochebed with faith. And she, she puts that baby, her little baby, her prince, into that little coffin. The Bible said that she took that and she put that, that ark into the river. And by faith, she pushes this little ark and everything that's within it. She pushes it out into a, to a crocodile infested waters. The place is swarming and tails are flapping. Babies have been eaten in here. And Brother Brandon said, this is a type of Jochebed putting her baby by faith into death. Into the waters of death. But now faith has taken over. How can a mother against her own nature send her child on a death trip? But it isn't that. She sees gloomy clouds but she knows that the sun is still shining. Even in your trials, even in your hard times, the sun is still shining. And it wasn't a woman doing this. It was eyes of faith. 
that was looking to the God who made a promise, I will deliver my people. Hallelujah. The sun's always shining. John saw him in the church ages. He shined like the sun shining in its strength. But even when the clouds cover it, he's still shining tonight. If you're sick, he's still shining tonight. Hallelujah. Behind those gloomy clouds was a living God. She pushed it out by faith, out into the water. And when she left, when it left her hands, it went into the hands of God. And as it went out into the waters, every angel is watching over this little ark. It's under the protection of the word of God. Hallelujah. Do you love the Lord? Jochebed is moving by revelation. Now, Brother Branham said, because Jochebed put this baby in the water by faith, it proved the power of faith is greater than death. Because the waters were death. And by faith she placed her baby there. And God gave that baby back. He said furthermore she nursed that baby. Furthermore he said he made the devil pay for his education. Made the devil feed him and make the devil clothe him. He was making the devil raise his own deliverer. If you will trust God, God will hang the devil on his own gallows. But you've got to have faith. You've got to get your feet off the ground and get it into faith in the living God. Hallelujah. God put a, a word over that child. And Brother Branham said, God knows how to do things. God knows how to humble you. He sometimes does things in different ways. He knows how to take the starch out of you. He knows how to make you the man you ought to be. He knows what's inside you. God does things in great ways. God does things in different ways. Wow. And we know the story. Moses was a man of problems and issues. And he makes an attempt. He falls on his face. It don't look right. Backslides for 40 years. And then think about it. God decided to use him as an old man. You would think that God would use a young man. But God uses an old man. Sometimes God uses young fellas. Sometimes he uses old people. I know the world forgets about you, but God doesn't. And so God meets him in a burning bush and this is so unusual. God never did it before. God never met Abraham in a burning bush. This was Abraham, this is Moses' day. And he said, I'm sending you down now against every chariot, against all the spears of Egypt, against the armies, a one-man invasion. I am sending you down as an old man to deliver my people. Hallelujah. And he did it. God moves in mysterious ways. The Bible said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We many times we fall into a pit by reasoning. You can't reason God. You've got to believe God. 
It is a beautiful faith walk and every individual needs his own faith. Brother Branham told a story about his mother-in-law. Her clock had quit working and she was a poor woman. And she said, Lord, I I need this clock to work. Would you fix it? And and it started working fine. Does God, God, is he a clock master? Does he fix clocks? He did that one. You know why? Because she was simple enough to believe. It wasn't complicated. She was simple enough to know if God can move a Red Sea or raise a man from the dead, then he can fix my clock, I imagine. And Brother Branham said a few days later, her refrigerator went out and she said, I can't afford another refrigerator. Lord, you fixed my clock. How do you do with refrigerators? And Brother Branham said, it started running again. How many sisters believe in that? I believe with all my heart that we can have faith like that. Brother Branham said, believe him. Believe him for a husband. Believe him for a wife. Believe him for a job. Believe him for everything. I think that's the kind of faith we're supposed to have in the kitchen. Young people, Brother Branham said, pray over your tests. You're supposed to pray, God, I want a good grade. Help me, Lord. And no matter who you are, Brother Branham said, God is interested in you. He's interested in everything. Our churches, no matter how little or how large, every lay member, if you're a housewife, God is interested in you. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? God is so strange. We talk about Israel, how they murmured and they died and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and you think, my goodness, what, what Joshua had to go through. But then as soon as they get into the land, Rahab is there. And Rahab is a predestinated seed. She comes into the family of Israel and out of all the women, God puts her as a mother in the genealogies of Christ. This is so strange. And we could just go on and on that the nation of Israel was made of barren women. God is showing, I have done this. I wouldn't have put Bathsheba in there. I mean, how did Bathsheba get in there? It's beyond what I can grasp. I have no answer. And then when God calls Mary to bring forth the Redeemer... God comes out of a controversial name. Who is going to believe this? She's got to bear the reproach of her revelation. And she's walking around with it. And and she testifies, I am innocent. And nobody is going to believe her. And not even Joseph would have believed her. He wanted to. I can imagine after six months at Elizabeth's house. And he sees her and he says, no. Joseph, Joseph, leave me alone. Leave me alone. God, no. no. She says, Joseph, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Look, God moves in mysterious, unusual ways. And Joseph's like, Mary, leave me alone. And he goes home, God, I don't know what to do. I don't want to see her stoned. I... I don't have that in me. 
No doubt he falls asleep stressed. And an angel comes and says, Fear not, Joseph. For that which is in her is born of the Holy Ghost. I am all over this, Joseph. Stay strong. He comes out of it. And instead of putting her away, he becomes her shield. He becomes her protector. Because God put a word on the inside of that girl. And God raised him up to protect that word. Hallelujah. Unusual, yes. God works in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. His footsteps are in the sea. And he rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable binds of never-ending skill. He works out his treasures and works his sovereign will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God invested something into her. God's now. He don't care about her reputation. He cares about his reputation. Hallelujah. But now she has a revelation. And she can stand there in the face of scoffers. She can stand there in the face of it and say, I know whom I believe. Because she's walking by faith. I met an angel. And if I've got to stand alone, I'll stand. Amen. This revelation, this message ought to be a revelation from heaven. That even if you stand alone, you'll stand for God. Because it come from heaven. Hallelujah. God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound those things that are mighty. The base things of the world. The things that are despised hath God chosen. Yeah, the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. That no flesh will glory in his presence. God always takes nothing and make something out of it. Hallelujah. So it's not man's working. It's God's working. Everybody see that? It's God's nature to do it. God takes stinky fishermen. That's my bride. What? Tax collectors? <laughs> oh yeah pluck some from Ohio pluck some from Louisiana we're all in the same pot brother Joe you know why so he can show his glory Amen. you know 1946 brother Branham launches a healing campaign that the world has never seen. The world has never seen what we have witnessed in this day. How many believe that? And Brother Branham said, when the angel told him, you will pray for kings and monarchs and so forth. And the angel tells him, uh, and he said, I will be with you. He said, I'll go. The angel vanishes. And he does not tell Brother Branham how he's going to do it. He just said, you're going to do it. Brother Branham said, I believe it. And he did not tell him how. And so we know that it was launched from the supernatural. Billy Graham was launched from uh, publicity. 
But Brother Branham's was launched by supernatural. Can you say amen? And so Brother Branham tells a story. He said, when I launched the healing campaign, he said, I did not even have my own suit. And he said, my brother had gotten in a wreck and tore the suit up. And he said, so I brought it to Mita. Mita went down to a 10 cent store and ironed iron, uh, the iron patches on the suit. And he said, it looked okay. He said, but then the pocket was torn. It might've been here. And he said, I tried to sew it up. And he said, I'm not very good. And he said, so it looked so bad. And this is his direct words. He said, I was pretty well ashamed of it. He said, so when he went out in the public, he would keep it covered with his hand and he would shake with his left hand. He said, because I was ashamed of that coat. He said, but when that blind girl from Memphis, her eyes came open and the men began to charge him and the man said, I know you, you're William Branham. He said, ask God to heal me. He said, do you believe it? He said, I do. He said, give me your stick. He said, before my eyes, that crippled leg came straight and the people began to rush him. He said, they were reaching for that jacket. He said, it was not the jacket. It was not the man in the jacket. It was Christ that they had faith in. And the very thing he was ashamed of was the very tool that God was using to bring forth his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is revealed in foolishness. Even Brother Branham, as humble as he was, he's missing what God is doing. Brother Branham said, we can't get that low. Brother Tim was talking about the third pole and Brother Branham is fishing on the water and the Holy Spirit comes over that boat, said, call that little fish to life. That fish was a minnow. That fish was a bait fish. None of us have feeling for bait fish. I'm glad that was not my lot in life. But God knew it. He stood up and said, little fishy, Jesus Christ gives you your life. And that, that fish that laid there for a half hour come back to life and flew, swam down to the water. He said, God was showing he cares about the littlest things. He knows what you were praying, Brother L. He knows every one of you. Many times we feel like we can slip through the cracks, but the youngest of us, God knows our needs. And God answers our prayers because God cares about the widows. God cares about the old people that are losing their health and losing their hair. And, and, and people, they kind of move on. Life is fast and the old get left behind, but God is watching. God restores that little fish to show his resurrection power on the least. Hallelujah. We can experience his resurrection power tonight. Anyone in this building can experience his resurrection power. But Brother Branham said, we must yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. He said, we must yield ourselves, every one of us, 
He said, that's God's heroes are those that are weak and God will make them strong. Out of the weakness of humility, God chooses his people to build his kingdom. He said, if we ever get to heaven, if we ever stand in the presence of God with his church, we'll stand in a bunch of people that has been weak, rejected, cast out by the world's And know it nothings. And God molds himself into the helpless. This is why Hannah, when she prayed and God opened her womb, she goes, you raise us out of the dunghill. How many have been raised out of the dunghill? Some of you sitting in a bar somewhere would have been out of your mind on crack, crack cocaine, but God has restored your mind. God did not forget you. Hallelujah. Out of weakness, our weakness is God's opportunity. Hallelujah. I'm getting to the heart of my thought. Israel, God could do no more with them. He had become common. They had prospered so much that they had fallen into sin. And God sent prophet after prophet trying to pull them back. They would not listen. God raised up Jeremiah and said, God is finished. 70 years you'll go into captivity. Babylon will take over. He said, but after 70 years, God in his grace, he placed a word over Israel. I will bring you back. Hallelujah. If it was left up to Israel, they never would have got back. But God placed a word over them. And after 70 years, God anointed Cyrus. And we could spend a long time on Cyrus. Amazing person in the Bible. But God stirred the heart of Cyrus. And Cyrus is pressed to perform the word of the Lord. Because there was a word that God placed upon Israel and he'll make even his enemies to be at peace. And he caused Cyrus to have a burden to see Israel go back to her homeland and worship. So in 536 BC, a remnant returns and Zerubbabel is with them and Zerubbabel begins to build the foundations. Then under great opposition from the enemy, The work was postponed for seven years. And then God stirred them up again to finish their work. Can we pull up Zechariah chapter four, verse eight? Uh, Eight through 10, if you can. Praise the Lord. Everybody love the Lord. He said, and this is our opening scripture. He said, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel, have laid the foundation of this house and his hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you for who hath despised the day of small things. This signifies the poor beginnings of the rebuilding of the temple. The small Beginnings, they were, they were weak. They had no friends. That's why they were taunted by their enemy. What will these feeble Jews do? Will they resurrect the temple out of the ashes? And they're taunting them. But there was a word placed over them. 
And the devil is in opposition trying to slow them down. And he said, who hath despised the day of small beginnings? Who has despised, even though it's small and insignificant, God was involved in its beginnings. And that's what's going to make it a success. And then he said, and he shall see like, who has despised, verse 10, who has despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro the whole earth. Now Zerubbabel, they're saying now, they're despised because of their slow, small beginnings. God working in simplicity. God using nobodies. Just people look like they're just barely scratching it. But then they shall rejoice to see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel who was the architect under God. And they're watching, he's saying, these small beginnings will develop into the fulfillment of the restoration of my temple and the fulfillment of my word. Hallelujah. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Brother Branham said this was prophetic of our hour. Brother Branham had used this scripture to preach the message of grace. And he said, now we know that this was the preparation and the restoration of the temple. And Zerubbabel was a great prince among the people who had laid the foundation of the building. He said, now I want you to put on your spiritual thinking. He said, notice, he was determined, the great prince, to rebuild the house of the Lord And when he did, he laid the foundation stone. But then he went on to say, Zerubbabel laid the foundation. He shall also bring forth the headstone. He said, now think of this for a few minutes. Everyone stay with me. He said, the seventh church age messenger was to restore the faith of the children back to the fathers. In other words, he would rebuild the church in the power of God. Not by power, not by might, by my spirit, saith the Lord. He said the Holy Spirit will bring forth a church in the last days. (laughs) Zerubbabel, the prince with Joshua, was to bring forth the headstone. He laid the foundation He took the people back to the foundation in type. Now the candlesticks we read about represented both Jewish and Gentile churches. He said now, he said just like the pyramid, they worked that pyramid up. He said Enoch must have built it, but they did not have a headstone. He said that's a type of the body of Christ. He said that every one of those stones came together. You could not run a razor blade in between those stones. He said it is a type of the body of Christ that every stone in the body is caught by the Holy Spirit in precision. 
God has a place for you in the body of Christ. It is a work of Almighty God. And we are joined this one to this one, this one to this one, this one to this one. And God is bringing his body together, bringing his church together. Machinery cannot do it. It takes God to do that. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the, and the headstone is Christ. Now, Brother Branham said, according to the prophecy, there will be a headstone. And that headstone, when it comes, the prince will cry, grace, grace to it. It is not by works. It is by the grace of God. The message of grace has been attacked by the devil. He said, but there is a grace that has been sent to this hour. And Brother Branham said, look at David. David built a temple. And he said, now I'm living in a house and my Lord is out there under skins. And he told Nathan, I want to build him a house. And Nathan prophesied to David and said, David, I took you from the sheep goat. You were nothing. You would have been forgotten. But I chose you. And I set you as a king over Israel. And it was David that had a desire to build a temple, a dwelling place for Almighty God. Brother Branham said these are types that are pointing to this day when the messenger of the hour would cry, not by power, not by might, not by man's power, not by denomination, but by the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit of God that heals His people. It is the Spirit of God that leads his people. It is the Spirit of God that places you into the body of Christ. That places me into the body of Christ. And Brother Branham said, it takes the simplicity of believing. The simplicity of believing God that brings us into this body. Hallelujah. Everybody love the Lord. He bypassed Caiaphas. He bypassed the Sanhedrin. And he poured his spirit upon a bunch of fishermen and tax collectors. Who hath despised the day of small things? Brother Branham had in in the breach quoted this scripture. He said, who hath despised the day of small things? God revealed in simplicity. God took a seventh grade, a man with a seventh grade education and manifest the son of man on a level even the Bible don't record. The miracles that have been recorded and what has taken place in our day. And it's so simple and so humble that you say, how can't the people see it? Because it's too ridiculous. It's the truth. They're stumbling over something so small. They love the Lord. God has sent us a simple message, a simple gospel. And Brother Branham said, now 
He said, the angel that spoke to Zechariah said, not by power, not by might. You will not accomplish anything in yourself. But it's God's work in you. It is the Holy Spirit that has revealed this message to you. It was never you. It was always God. And the same God that put a word in Abraham, that put a word in Sarah, that put a word, has put a word in his church. The same God that put a word in Moses has put a word in you. God has started his work in you. And now God will bring it to completion. Brother Branham said, God brought us from justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, now coming to the cap where that bunch is honed out and it can fit a ministry like he had when he went away. It'll catch us into the rapture. We are justified, sanctified, baptized with the Holy Ghost. The house of God will live again. Hallelujah. By grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. You are his workmanship. How many believe that? How many believe that God has started a work in your life? How many know that with all their heart? How many know I'm not where I want to be? But I'm not where I used to be. It's because God started the work. But we should not be getting discouraged as the hour is darker and darker. It is a faithless generation. It is an adulterous generation. But God has placed a word over this bride. And it don't matter how dark it gets. God has started a work in this church. It's God in you. It's God that has done it. And God will complete it. God has laid your foundation. God has set your pillars. God will bring forth the capstone in your life. Hallelujah. It was never you in the beginning. You're not holding on to God. God is holding on to you. I don't believe in loose living. I believe in holy living. But I believe it is the Holy Ghost in you. I don't believe you're living your own holiness. I believe it is the Holy Ghost living through you. Everybody love the Lord. Seven golden candlesticks. That's what Zechariah saw made of pure gold. John said it was beaten work. The true church of Jesus Christ is likened unto pure gold. Her righteousness is his righteousness. Her attributes is his glorious attributes. Her identity is found in him. What he is, we are to reflect. What he is, she is to manifest. There is no fault in her. She is all glorious within and without. From beginning to end, she is the work of the Lord. How many believe you're the work of the Lord? Hallelujah. All of his works are perfect. In fact, in her, is summed up and manifested the eternal wisdom and purpose of God. Wow. In her is summed up the eternal wisdom and purpose of God. That means God deposited his word 
Everybody catch that. How can one fathom it? How can one understand it? Though we cannot do it, we can accept it by faith because God has spoken it. He said, now she is beaten like beaten gold. She is handcrafted according to the blueprints that her spirit given. Wow. According to the blueprints that has been spirit given. Have you been baptized in Jesus Christ's name? Have you come under the revelation of the hour and walked in the light as God has given you the light? Hallelujah. God has done something great among us all. Brother Branham said, outside her Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Was there ever a people so beaten and purged as the bride of Jesus Christ? God takes nothing and makes something beautiful. God has raised us up out of the ashes of Laodicea. Rainbow flags are flying everywhere. Infidels are ruling the churches. The government is utterly corrupted. The world is falling apart. And God goes in and deposits a word in this dark age. And it has nothing to do with you. has everything to do with God. How many believe it? What you got to do, you're not swimming until you jump in and accept it. Amen. I want to believe it. I want to believe it. Come on. Jump on in. Jump on in. You'll find you are born to swim. You are born to fly. God made you to do it. Hallelujah. Brother Adam said, we have the earnest and our spirit is groaning for the full adoption. We have the earnest of it now. It is the earnest of our adoption or our complete salvation. We are waiting for the fullness of adoption that will take place at the resurrection. The same Holy Spirit that saved the Lutherans, that sanctified the Methodists, that baptized the Pentecostals is now setting in order the coming of the Lord Jesus when it will be so powerful that body will come into this group of church that will draw the rest of them from the grave. There will be a resurrection. That is what the Holy Ghost is given for. What is the Holy Ghost? Without us, they cannot be made perfect. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift a standard. God will lift a standard. It's God pouring his spirit. It's God moving. God is waiting on you. God is waiting on adoption time when he can pour his fullness, his power, his resurrection, and the church becomes so close to Christ that Christ becomes visible among us and we go in the rapture. God placed a word in you. In the book of Revelation, it says in the seventh age, he that saith the amen. He said, what does the amen mean? It means the so be it. It means what God started in Genesis, God will finish it in Revelation. Let it be so. What God started, God will finish. The Bible said, God will finish his work. How many believe that? Brother Branham said, now let's hear the cap of it all. According to Malachi 4, 
He promised to send in the last days. He has predestinated a church knowing they are standing with a seed that has been sown. He said the Holy Spirit is in the church. He said, Satan, be careful. Why did he say that? Satan, be careful. Because the word has been sown. And it has found good ground. And, and everything we have need of is in the seed. And the seed will bring forth of itself. I know we try our best, but that's what it, not what it's about. It's believing God will fulfill his word. Healing does not come from you. It comes from believing God will fulfill his word. Coming out of the strongholds of the mind battles and depression, anxiety and fear and nervousness does not come from your overcoming so much as believing that God will bring you up. It is overcoming, but it's believing in the overcomer. And we are more than overcomers. How many believes he does all things well? The Bible said as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So shall be my word that cometh out of my mouth. It will not return void. It will accomplish that where I sent it. Praise the Lord. Now watch this. Zechariah cries, Who art thou, O mountain before Zerubbabel? Then he placed a word against that mountain. That mountain shall become a plain. We are up against mountains of opposition. We're in the most unbelieving, dark age the world has ever seen. False doctrines, isms are everywhere. They're on the increase. Worldliness, worldlyism and materialism is on an increase. It's, it's just mind-blowing, even among our own. The spiritual climate is in a decline. The world is getting darker, crazier, and time is running out. Living in a total dark age, we are going against the current. But God has placed a word in the darkest hour, in the weakest generation. How is God going to pull out his masterpiece out of something like this? Who art thou, O mountain, before Zerubbabel? What is it that stands before your victory? What is it that stands between you and the promise? God has promised peace. God has promised victory. God has promised an answer. Why can't we get an answer? Why can't I get peace? Why can't I reach my healing? Why can I not receive what I'm looking for? Who art thou, O mountain? that stands before Zerubbabel. Who art 
that will try to defy God's word, that will try to stand in the way of your victory that God has promised you. Who art thou, O mountain, before Zerubbabel? It don't matter how great the army, how great the opposition, how big Goliath, the word has been placed against our enemy. Thou shall be made a plain. I will make your way clear. How many believe that? Brother Branham said, we are coming over to the promised land and every mountain must crumble. Every sickness must crumble. Every demon must crumble. Every obstacle must crumble. Every lion spirit must crumble. Who art thou, O mountain, before Zerubbabel? I want you to say it to your mountain tonight. Who are you that'll stand before me? God has made me. God has a purpose in me. Some of us need to be like Jochebed, that you gotta let go of it and commit it to God. Commit it to death and God will bring the resurrection. We have gotta let go of our children, put them in God's hands and watch God bring them back. We have got to place our our, our trials in the hands of God and quit trying to hold on to it ourselves. Come on, Jochebed. Push it on out there. Alligators and tails are switching, but God is greater. God sends the Holy Spirit to escort you through Laodicea, to escort you out of your darkness, to escort you out of your valley out of your depression, out of your trials, out of your hopelessness. Come on, Jochebed. Push that trial out. Commit that to Almighty God. I believe angels of God are all in here tonight saying jump in and go swimming. Come on, plunge on in there. God, you're bigger than my trial. You're bigger than this. Lord, I believe you. I'm believing you tonight. I believe my sickness is leaving. I believe the devil is leaving. I believe the tormentor is leaving. Come on, Jacobet. God anointed that little faith woman. It's against the nature of a mother to push her baby out there. But she trusted God more than she feared the enemy. You gotta trust God more than you fear your security and fear the circumstances. You need to let go of it tonight. And I can imagine she goes in Jesus' name. All the crocodile smell starts swarming. She could have panicked and run back out there and grabbed it, but she didn't. She said, Lord, into thine hands. I commend this baby. All of a sudden, the dark cloud, she was looking at the sun through those clouds. The heavens open and rays come. Angels come pouring out of them beams and they line all the banks of the Jordan or the Nile in this little sacred ark going into the, missing the whirlpools. And the devil comes to swallow the deliverer, but God had a word on him. He stopped him. 
He said, I'll destroy you. Yeah. I imagine he turned white and turned tucktailed and run. <laughs> The angel. This is the safest place in the world. Right in the will of God. This is the safest place. Oh, there's no place like this. What's God is delivering? He's moving the crocodiles. He's moving the mountain. He's moving him to his divine purpose. Just like a good cab, cab driver, he said, This is where we turn in. He moves it right into the bulrushes. And here comes the queen. I've just got to get a bath. A baby. An angel fans. Her heart flutters and she falls in love. She picks him up and draws him from the water just like God drew you from the water. He said, I have a predestinated plan because I'm going to raise up deliverers in the last age that will deliver people from bondage of sickness and unbelief that will be lights in the darkness and will fulfill my great commission, go into all the world. And preach my message yes. of life. Yes. Amen. God has begun this work. God is completing it. How may say, Lord, pass by my way tonight. Let us stand to our feet. Pass me not. O gentle Savior, hear my humble Yes, Lord. Let's sing it to our master. Sing it from your hearts now. And say.
God can meet you right where you are. To say, Lord, I, I want you to come by my way. Come by my pew, Lord. Remember me. We're at the throne of mercy now. Yes, Lord, release my heart. Take away all the unbelief, Lord. Oh, yes. The Spirit is willing. The Spirit is willing. The Spirit is here. Let Him just move over you. Just say, Lord, saturate me. Lord, take me up higher, Lord. Complete the work that you've started. Everyone together.
just love to give them.